Want to hear more? Follow us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars, or check out slutsandscholars.com. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars, where we talk smart and fuck smarter. I'm Nicoletta. And I'm Simone. And our guest's Insta bio states, I'm either optimistic or delusional. It depends on your point of view. She's also, quote, the crying girl from The Bachelor season 19 and Bachelor in Paradise. And in case you haven't figured it out, it's Ashley I. We are so happy to have her. She leapt into our TVs and our hearts back in 2015 when she competed on the 19th season of The Bachelor. Her unabashed Ashed emotions and unending quest to find love allowed us to see her on two seasons of Batch in Paradise and most recently on the Winter Games. She has since announced that she sadly will not be competing on any more Bachelor shows, but we can hope for a cameo or two. She holds a master's in journalism from Syracuse and is a correspondent for Access Hollywood and Clever TV, and she's also a regular contributor to Cosmopolitan. Mm-hmm. Well, we got it covered pretty much. Well, welcome. Hello. <laughs> We're so happy to have you. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. I feel so like cool. you've answered this already in so many interviews, but like, what is it like to hear other people saying, known as the crying girl? <laughs> the crying girl, I mean, it's fine. I support it's, crying. I cry all the too. time. Well, crying shaming or emotion shaming was what I had the most problem with. And I'm like, wait a second, why are people talking down about me because I am very expressive and I have a lot of emotion. If anything, when I'm shooting one of those shows, I'm like, I understand why I'm crying. I do not understand how he or she is not, not crying. Yeah. If anything, they're the ones with the You're issue. like, you have no soul. Yes. You're not I'm in touch so with your feelings. Confused. That's a very good point. I'm a very, very easy crier, and I definitely think if I ever competed on something like that, I would I would be crying all of the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I always say it's the bachelor bubble that gets me into my most tearful zones because when I am at home— I don't really cry that much. I really don't. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even cry during this. But is of course, us. they do a good job editing. It's things not the together. edit. No, it's not the edit. I really do cry that much on The Bachelor. It's just something like when you're getting heartbroken, you're getting dumped on TV. Like, what else are you supposed to do? Right. Like, just be like, what? oh, I, I hope he's fine. Yeah. I happen to just get broken up with a lot on TV. Yeah. <laughs> How many times have you been broken up with on TV? <laughs> well, there's Crystals and then Jared, like, unofficially dumped me like two or three times. <laughs> and then I guess Wells dumped me once. So I guess there, I guess it was five times. Like Wells a, is a personal roughly, fave. So I'm mad to times. hear that. Oh, it's fine. That was a staged, that was a staged Yeah, dumping. I mean, I can't imagine oh, wait, hold on, hold doing on. it on TV. That was a staged what? That was a staged dumping. What do you mean? Well, I mean that we hung out in the hotel afterward. And oh, so it wasn't a real dump. He had to because they were like, we don't want any people here who aren't going to get engaged at the end of this. So they're like, you kind of have to break it off there. That's insane. How did you why feel about that? Why did they not that? come to you and be like, oh, I know, Why can't right? you break up with it? Like, why do they have to make you the person <laughs> who just gets dumped? Because I am always the villain. Uh, the villain. I'm always <laughs> the victim of being... Of bachelor, of, of bachelor, of heartbreak. Yeah. So did you? Did he tell you before that? No, like- I didn't know until afterward. Um, I did, until <sighs> after we got to the hotel, and there he was like, you know, I wanted to keep, I wanted us to go on the date for real, but I just we couldn't. Well, yeah, I thank God you had to dodge the engagement bullet. Well, I mean, I understand, obviously, like when they talk it out and it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, okay, I guess we would be really weird having been there at that time because there, here are these couples that are together for weeks and at that point. Weeks is actually a long time. In Bachelor, In Bachelor Universe. World, yeah. yeah. And then for me, it's like, oh, we went on one date, then you went on two other dates with two other girls, and now you've decided that you like me over the other girls, but— we're not really like, in a relationship. Really yeah. So even though you may like me, it's still it's we still don't fit in this group. That's so interesting. And I wonder how like dating in such a controlled environment affects how you then date outside of that environment. Well, I think that's probably why the success rate is relatively low for like longevity. Mm. Or maybe not. It's actually not. <laughs> When there are there are twenty two bachelor seasons and twelve or thirteen bachelorette seasons, 
The bachelorette success rate is pretty high. It's like 40. When you let women make decisions. I know. Isn't it insane? (laughs) It's like a 35% rate for the bachelorettes. I think at least a third are still with their guys. And, but the bachelor success rate, you guys, I have 22 seasons. There's only one guy married to his final pick. Um, and then Jason Mesnick, which is like the Mesnick exception, he is married to his runner-up. And then Ari is obviously still engaged, too. Why do you think that is? Oh, they're still engaged? Yeah. Why do you think that is for the guys being different? I think it has to maybe do with the lifestyle afterward. I think the girls are there like with the intent to get married and they're not going to have an interest after the show to go mm-hmm. after other people. Uh-huh. You know, just they're just because they're a heartthrob now or, you know, it's yeah. different. The guys turn into heartthrobs that every girl wants to get with and then the girls it's don't like have It's like the end that. of the love story. Yeah, then it's like really happily ever after. So afterwards, know, there's a it. bunch of people not just people, but media, news outlets, and individual people pining after that guy. Yeah. And he's maybe getting other opportunities. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like, think for example, that. you have another podcast yeah. with Ben Higgins, yeah. right? And I was doing research on you before getting here, and I saw you in an interview that you mentioned Ben Higgins was very single, and I got very excited. <laughs> but then you said he was probably looking for a church-going girl, and oh. I was like, ah, tapping out. Temple, <laughs> temple. I do go to synagogue, but that's not church, which I think is kind of the source of a lot of tension in the world. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're his person. Yeah. <laughs> you think it's the armpit hair? <laughs> it could be. It's not. It's he said he not wanted that. low maintenance. <laughs> like I could go to church with oh, my armpit hair. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what the what the real difference between the bachelor and the bachelorette success rate is. But it's fascinating. Oh. Another interesting statistic that I have discovered over the past couple years is. The top 10 of each Bachelor season seems to have at least 75% of, at least 75% of the top 10 has parents who are still married and have been married for a very long time. Whoa. Which would obviously not be normal as the national average. Well, I think they should hire someone like me who's a therapist to like be there for people to deal with their feelings. Like they after this. We have a therapist. On the show? Yeah. Yeah. She's- have you not seen Unreal? No. I mean, I have, well, but I didn't know that unreal was like, for, <laughs> I didn't know this was real. That is in terms of who, who's there. So what is the therapist there for? Does everybody see the same therapist? Yes. Um, before the show and before the show starts filming and after the show, after your part of the show wraps, you visit with the psychiatrist and of course he or she is there all the time when you do want to talk. And there was a season where I decided that I wanted to utilize that as much as possible. So I did. Was it helpful? It was because when you're there, sometimes you don't want to talk to the cast because... Camera. Yeah. Well, because the camera will always catch that. That's the number one. Two, they're, get, they're hearing from like lots of sources, right. you know, um, producers and friends. And then, of course, sometimes when you really need a therapist, you like to go to a producer because that's what they really feel like to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how they get all the good stuff. And that's how stuff. they get all the good stuff. But... When you feel like you're really in need of a neutral opinion or point of view, that's I'm really actually good shocked to go they to. have that on there. That's that's pretty progressive. I mean, I feel oh, like well, it's probably it's like a legal. Forever. I think it's yeah. probably like a legal requirement. Yeah, I, I think, think you, so. It's like the same way you have to have an onset medic. I think that for like a long term reality show, you should have to have like a onset mental, mental health professional. Yeah, as to whether or not they're any good, I think is kind of up for debate, but I think that's great that you chose to use it. Like, I think oh, that yeah. if I were on that show, I would need to be checking in regularly with a therapist. <laughs> it was Because sure. you don't have your phone or your normal support system either. No. Oh, yeah. What's that like? It's so good. Like, the first season, you're so scared of handing over your phone and not having any sort of contact with the outside world. But then you realize it's the greatest because you form the best, most solid relationships because you have no distractions. You're fully You're really in there. The Your only form of entertainment is conversation. And that's why you that's why you are always talking. And that's to also each other. why we're so obsessed with each other. That's why the friendships are that's very all bonded. That's happening. And then that's why, well, the relationships that do last, they are built on a very solid foundation. Yeah. 
So speaking of like conversations and things that came up in conversations, something that came up pretty early on in your first season was your status as virgin. Yeah. Like Scarlet V or whatever. So crazy. I right. really did. I felt like I was wearing the scarlet letter for being a virgin, ironically. It's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I would love if you could share like a little bit about A, did you realize it was going to be such a big deal? And like was it a big deal before you went on the show? And was it a big did it make it bigger or less of a big deal in your life? Okay, so it definitely made it more of a big deal because it was out there on Google. So it was, yeah. it was, it actually made dating e- easier and worse. Like if you want, if so, if I wanted to hide the fact I was a virgin from a guy, that that couldn't, that couldn't happen. happen. Yeah. How are we defining virgin? Also, <laughs> um, well, in the case of me going into my first season of The Bachelor, I had only blown. <laughs> One guy, multiple times. <laughs> wow. So at so at Sluts and Scholars, like Nicoletta and I have realized that like this concept of virginity is like kind of a weird thing because it makes like penetration of like penis and vagina as yeah. like the definition of sex. Yeah. And, and we think there's so much more available. Yeah. <laughs> there's like way more to sex than j- just that. So for listeners out there who who and are used to that us part normally isn't talking even about like that, the most fun part. Yeah, I know for me yeah. personally, <laughs> like I don't get off on like being penetrated by a dick. Yeah. Like that's not like what I love the most, but like, so that's not necessarily how I define sex. But we like to think about like, um, so first of all, the whole cornucopia or cockacopia or or pussypopia, whatever, (laughs) of sex. Um, But also that just kind of thinking about like your first consensual intimate partner is also a nice way to think about virginity Okay, so that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I think the, the rest of the country doesn't really see virginity as that. And I think it is a total double bind because virginity, quote-unquote, as we believe it to be in this country, is put on this pedestal. But then if you're sexually inexperienced, that's also not something that people like. It's the so weirdest it's like you can't win. thing. It's the weirdest thing. And it really was difficult after The Bachelor because I had lots of people, or I thought, I don't know, I thought that lots of guys, let's just use a specific example here. Um... One of my friends had a new friend and he was so hot. And I was like, can you set me up with him? And he was like, I'm not setting my friend up with a virgin. (gasps) And that was case in point of how I felt I was viewed by a lot of guys. Wait, that's in, was the friend. What did you say? Was the friend who, first was the, who was the, was the friend that you asked to set you up on the date a guy or a girl? It was a guy. Okay. Sorry. What were you saying? It was so hurtful. Um, In the moment. I think I just maybe have just been like silent or something, or like laughed it off or, or something. Even just been like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah right. Of course, like why awkward. would you? I'm not a valuable person, and or interesting, I, or sexual, or hot, or intelligent, or anything. It was so horrible. And then I went home and I really like repeated it in my head, and I thought, okay, that was so messed up. And then of course I got really upset. And I've, like, cursed my virginity so many times because I always felt that it was holding me back in the love life department. I always felt like there were a lot—I don't want to say lots because there weren't, but I thought there were multiple guys that would have dated me or given me more of a chance, like, gone on more dates, invested more time in me if they didn't have the pressure of me being a virgin. It wasn't that, like, they wanted to have sex with a girl and that was the reason they weren't dating me. It was like, oh, if I date this girl, what if I do, like, what if I am her first? Then is she going to be clingy to me forever or am I going to, like— So they didn't want to, like, they run were worried. The they yeah. never wanted the response—I've heard multiple times that they didn't want slayer. to be the responsibility. Yes, virgin that was, slayer, that's the expression yeah. that I heard many times. Wow. Not many times again, but with the people that I—a couple people that I was interested in. That is, like, so tied into, like, society's conception of virginity as, like, yeah. a thing that can be taken and must be, like, held so carefully. Yeah, coddled and stuff. Yeah. Well, I feel like yeah. it's in the expression of losing your virginity. It's like, oh, I just dropped it. Like, yeah. how did that fall? I oh, lost yeah. it. That was my biggest uh, annoyance was that these guys made it seem like it was all like on they them. Take it like, you. it was them, and it wasn't my choice. I'm like, hello, this is my choice to do it whenever I want. It's not your responsibility at the end of the day. Yeah. What do you think are the misconceptions about— I mean, like I said, I, we don't really like using the word virgin, but because it was used for you and you use it, like, what are some of the misconceptions of 
people who are virgins. To me, I think a big one is that virgins can't also be sexual beings. Oh, absolutely. That was my biggest, that was always my biggest thing on the show was just because I'm a virgin doesn't mean I can't be sexy. Yeah, or you don't have desires and aren't like into things. That's crazy. I actually wrote an article after my first season because so many people were like, she's not a virgin. She she doesn't kiss like a virgin. She doesn't dress like a virgin. Uh, How does a virgin dress? I don't, like vestal garments? No, yeah. yeah, I wish I could pull up that article because I'm so much more articulate in writing, but that was my biggest, like, I was just huge question mark. I'm like, what do you mean? So I have to be a nun or something in so order, in order to, to be, like truly be a virgin. Yeah. You had to just like not be a sexual person. Exactly. Like I had to portray myself as really prude. That's why you're that, not. No, exactly. Like you're on but, sluts and scholars right no, now. No, and that <laughs> and is we are people. saying that you can be a virgin and a slut. Yeah, yeah. I kind of. I I said something like slutty. I said I said like I may be a virgin, but I'm not. I'm down to dress slutty or something like that. Well, I know I know I was reading something that you wrote about. Um, I think it was a dress that you wore at the Winter Games. Or yes, whatever, and you got yes. shit. A virgin's got to do what a virgin's got to do. Is right, what but, I said in reference to the dress. Oh, was that on the show? But yeah. I mean, I mean that I think you were writing about like the fashion. I think this was like on your blog or something. Oh yes, and I you see. said that you're like, yeah, it was like a slutty dress. Yeah, I, it was. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even think it was that slutty. It was just like kind of like it was fabric. It was revealing. That went over it was your bre- it was revealing. <laughs> right, but I think it's so interesting that you like are like, yeah, I'm gonna dress slutty today. That like yeah. you I still aban- like identify as a slut even with this like virgin still, like, moniker. Feeling sexy. I, I mean, don't want to put slut and sexy together as yeah. like mm-hmm. as a slut and sexy are a synonym of each other, which they're not. But of course not. I definitely I, I want to like look sexy. I want guys to like look at me with desire. And isn't that so in- right? And yeah. for some reason, we feel that if you are a virgin, maybe by choice, um, that. You, maybe it has something to do with like, if you are not going to let me fuck you, then you don't get to let me make me desire you. Yeah. It almost has something, it feels like it's tinged with like, that. Like don't cock tease me because you're not going to fuck me. Maybe, yeah. but at the same time, it is kind of fun to do that. No, I agree. No, <laughs> I, I think, no, no, I think that that's totally fine and normal. That yeah. I'm saying from like the like male quote unquote perspective, like maybe that's this whole like virgins can't be sexy because like if they're not going to give it up, don't make me think I that I can. I never heard that stuff from guys. I heard that from the predominantly female bachelor viewing audience. So there were like virgin, a lot of virgin shaming was coming from women. Yes. The virgin shaming as I don't think there was ever virgin shaming from guys. There was just like carefulness from guys and like mm. the responsibility thing. But with girls, I got, with with women, I got the whole, like what? how can you dress like that and how can you kiss like that if you're a virgin? And what? you're like, but just like I do. I don't, yeah, I just I like, are you asking for tips? Or? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's so interesting. I yeah. mean, I think that's just to support some of the other stuff we talk about in here about how women don't support women. Yeah, and I know. And so that, but- that there's a threatening thing that you were a virgin, but also... Sexy. Yeah, also I mean, got male attention sense. in other ways. I will say that it's all just Twitter haters and Instagram haters. It's all trolls, yeah, you know? It's not like anybody said this to my face. Yeah. Um, but right. as far as... like, And then virgin shaming, I think the show itself does that by making it such a big deal and, like, such mm. a novelty for me to be that. And I remember they kept this in, and I hated that they kept this in. There, there have been other virgins on the show. Um, one of my good friends on my season. There was another virgin on your season. Becca Tilly. Yeah. And then there was Kristen, this past Bachelor in Paradise. And Jasmine had said, he's not going to want her because he can't. she can't do what I can with him or something like that. And it was like, oh, okay. So you think you're more worthy because you'll have, you'll be able to give him sex. Interesting. But that, but one of the things, but doesn't that also imply that just because you're a virgin, you're not going to have sex with someone? Like I've never. Yeah, I know it like, does. Yeah. I've never eaten like a tofurkey burger, but like <laughs> I could. That's so I true. I like how you were like trolling your mind for things you haven't done and all you could I come know. up with was a tofurkey burger. A tofu turkey burger? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's the only thing she hasn't done. That's really funny. You, you've you done so much. Um, 
But I. Um, but like that's such a fucked up thing that for some is. reasons because oh you haven't done this until now that you're not going that to. That is so true and something that like guys would also think it's like oh I don't want to be with her because she's a virgin. It's like well, it doesn't mean that she's gonna she's not gonna give you a good time one day. Yeah, and also just because again just because you've not necessarily had what society defines as sex as penis and vagina penetration doesn't mean you're not good at a whole host of other things. Oh, I know. Like, before I had a dick in my vagina, I was already giving, like, the best blowjobs ever. Oh, yeah, so. I, I mastered the adult hand job. Oh, like, right! <laughs> okay, you know what? The People do not give the adult hand job enough credit, I and actually, it's awesome. So, since being on the podcast, since we, we've not been doing this for a year, mm-hmm. I have reconsidered my feelings about hand jobs, Nicoletta. Oh, yes, and tell have, me more. So I was like, when we were first starting, I think our third episode with Nina Hartley, who's a very famous adult and a performer and like educator, she's just great. And I was like, who gives hand jobs since the seventh grade? Yeah. Like, blah. And then she was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, I love hand jobs. And she talked about hand jobs. And then I started giving hand jobs again. And how much lube do you have to use though? A fuck ton. A lot. Yeah, okay. So yeah. you it has but to be a bottle. But that's part of it. So that's part yeah. of it. It's like, okay. it's like you have a whole bottle, but definitely okay. have a bottle. It's something you can do just like when you're in the car or something. I know. Unless they're uncircumcised. Or, or you use a lot of spit. Like you definitely can. Yeah. Like, but, but that's part of the fun is like putting the lube on. It's like... You can do all these things that they can't do. Sorry, I'm like, Ashley's like, what are you doing? No, no, no. But no, the thing like that is like a very intimate sexual encounter. Yeah. yeah. And like very hot and yeah. like has nothing to do with anything going in my vagina. Yeah. I mean, how do you stay confident with yourself when you have the Twitter trolls and haters? Like, did it get to you? Because it sounds like before the virginity thing wasn't as big of a deal, but now that it, people have made it a big deal, like, did you question yourself? Like, I only questioned myself and my choices when I was with a guy who I really liked or I was seeing or talking to a guy that I really liked. Kissing with. I say kissing with. There you go. Kissing with. A guy that I really liked, but he, you can tell that that was holding, Mm -hmm. that was probably a factor in holding him back. But it also probably had a a multitude of other things as well, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But what were we saying? I'm asking how you could tell that like that was holding him back. Like, he just wouldn't be intimate with you at or all. Or would they actually oh, well, say? Like, there's, like, with this one encounter, um, because I don't crush very easily, there's not that many. Mm-hmm. But there's this one where it's, like, I would I would try to do other things, and he wouldn't, like, he literally wouldn't let me. Like, you tried to, like, suck his dick, and he'd be, like, yeah. no. Yeah. Why? Like, what, did he give a reason? Yeah, because he thought it would lead to another thing, and then he'd be responsible for taking Oh, because you can't decide when— so- That's so interesting, especially with the <laughs> whole conversation. stop at just a blowjob. Yeah, you can't stop at a yeah. blowjob. Yeah, and then I started asking people, I was like, wait a second, do you not like blowjobs unless you can go all the way? I don't think I've ever heard. I that. know a lot of people who like just blowjobs. Yeah, I like just blowjobs. I think that's pretty. Let me think of some and I'll set you guys up. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, but no, that's so interesting. So even the idea, so it's it's like taking issue with the idea of you being sexual, and then it be, and that also ties into this whole idea of like men being uncontrollable sexual animals, and like if for some reason you sucked his dick, then he'd have to fuck you and wouldn't be able to survive. <laughs> like, what the know, fuck? Right? Like, Isn't that pretty funny? But it's that's like, how I couldn't control myself. That's why patriarchy sucks for everyone. Like, <laughs> that, it stopped that man from getting a damn good blowjob. I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm looking at your mouth and it's beautiful. Like, be- because of that kind of thought. Oh, that's funny. But it's fucked up and true. No, it's, it's kind of true, I guess. Maybe wow. it's just, maybe that's just his biological makeup. But yeah. for other people, I'm so curious, like for other people out there in the spotlight, how do you deal with So, okay, that's what heat. I was going to let you know. Oh, yeah. I've never been one to give in to peer pressure. Peer pressure has never really affected me. Like, I didn't drink until college. I've never smoked or done any drug in my life. Like, just— Yeah, and you wait We know people for that, too. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I've just, like, not been anybody who really cares what other people do or, like, given to the pressure of that. But what's always nice is that I have so many, for as many g- g- girls will say negative things or even people, not just girls, will say negative things about like all the slut shaming and stuff. Or the emotion shaming. Or emotion shaming or anything like that. Glam shaming. I have glam shaming. Glam shaming is real. <laughs> yeah, you, it really get, you is probably real. get glam shamed for I got sure. totally glam shamed before it was had a title. <laughs> yeah. But I did, um, I do get so many messages, tweets, emails, blah, 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 from girls who are virgins and 
they tell me all the time that I make them feel cool about waiting, that they don't feel alone. That's awesome. And all this good stuff. And even when it comes to emotional things too, like people are like, I cry all the time and it's nice to see somebody express their emotions the same way that I do. It's totally normal and it make but but you make me feel way more normal after uh, watching you. But yeah. That's true. Like, that is best. really validating. I can yeah. see like but how how did you why do you think that you are someone that didn't cave into peer pressure growing up? Like why do you feel like you were able to make this decision that like I want to have sex when it's the right time and I feel comfortable and that like you never strayed from that? I don't know. I've just always been really comfortable in my own skin. I have to say that's probably one of my biggest attributes. Yeah. Um, did and it, isn't that interesting that that you are someone who's then attacked a lot for that? Well, okay, so that's what's like, actually really weird is yeah. lots of people will flip it around, and I'm, like, the most comfortable with myself, uh-huh. but then people will see me being super emotional and being, like, so outlandish because I'm not scared to just show it all. Right. But then people will be like, oh my God, she cries so much. She's so insecure. She's getting upset over that. She's so insecure. Or that you're like, so secure that you feel comfortable to express yourself but, and hold strong with your boundaries. But that's what it really is. Wow. I'm like, oh, actually, I'm just crying because I don't give a fuck what you guys think about me crying. And like, I'm having a feeling, I'm feeling and I'm right cry. now and I'm going to express it. Yes, yeah, so you're not, <laughs> you're not the victim, you're the hero. No, I mean, I like to think that. It's, it's really it's really frustrating. People would go like, oh, she's she's so insecure. She's, she needs to work on her self-confidence. I'm like, no, I am so absolutely so comfortable and confident. Which is why you will let yourself feel your feelings. I think so, yeah. I never, I would never want to take back any of my crying moments on the show. When people are like, do you regret anything from the show? I'm like, not really, actually. There's really nothing. Knowing that what you know now about how your identity has transformed since The Bachelor, Mm -hmm. like, would you do it again? Oh, I would definitely do The Bachelor again. It's been the greatest blessing of my life. It's gotten me to know myself so well. It's gotten me more confident, um, much more experience with dating, a better communicator, um, thoroughly comfortable expressing expressing everything. Yeah. I'm like, I you have such a finite amount of time on that show to like connect with somebody. Maybe it's different on Paradise, but like, no, it's it's better in Paradise. That's because you have more time to talk. Yeah. You can just like talk to your person whenever you're like, all day long. They're expecting us to get engaged in four weeks. Like, what's your shit? But actually, like, four weeks of engagement, four weeks before engagement on Paradise makes a lot more sense than the actual show because on the actual show, you you may have 24 to I don't know. I'm gonna. This is a big range, but somewhere from 24 to 34 hours alone with alone. When I mean alone, I mean not alone. Like on one-on-one dates, right? But with the camera in your face, yeah. right? Until- and then like, and then your fantasy suite, you get like four or five hours alone. That's it. Yeah. So you, you are don't even getting, get a whole night. You don't even get a solid no. eight hours of sleep oh, that night. Hell's no. That's it's a so very, outrageous. Yeah. If you are doing fucking or anything intimate, you should definitely get to sleep More in each other's time. arms afterwards. You don't it's get fake? any time. <laughs> it's not a whole night. It's literally four or five hours. <laughs> oh, because no. the, the cameras won't leave a fantasy suite until usually like 3 a.m. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. So if you're getting engaged after paradise, you've had 24 hours, seven days a week times four with this person. So it's a lot more time. A lot more yeah, that time. That makes a lot more sense. To a me lot for of sure. intimate time. Yeah. And more privacy. A lot of times without a camera in your face. I mean, the camera will be like, you know, maybe lodged um up on like a, a you know, a pedestal or yeah. somewhere. Yes. But it's but it's, it's not, not a, like, like camera human operating crew. Camera. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's obviously opened a lot of doors for you to do more things in your life, but mm-hmm. has it been limiting in the things that you can do? Not really. I think it's actually opened up all doors. I can't think of one way where it's harmed me. I mean, if I wanted to get into teaching or like something with kids or, you know. Then maybe it would have affected maybe, things. Yeah, then probably it would have because mm-hmm. people are like, oh, this girl is so emotional and then this and that and she has the personality But you're like a very savvy business person. Like it's so interesting that people have this idea. Like, like I know you not like super well, but I know you outside of the context of even just coming on the podcast mm-hmm. and like you're a pretty savvy business person. You're like not so. this overly emotional person all the time. I but don't you're think just someone so. who's like, if you have something that you're feeling, you're just going to share it, which is I think, like you said, good yeah, see, communication. Before we read your bio, I didn't even know that you were also a business person. Well, I think like, I am like, now. They don't even like promote 
the other things about you in some ways. Oh, a lot of the times, yeah. It's not in their interest. Like, they want, like, producers, especially on the show, like, want the drama. It's not their, it's not, this is not a bad or wrong thing, but they, they, it, that's why we watch. That's, yeah, that's true. You know, we have a queer feminist bachelor watching group every Monday. Yes, yes. Which is where, which I've already extended an invitation to you, (laughs) um, which is actually where the idea for this podcast was born. Yes. Um, But it's been really interesting. I'm very curious, sorry to come back to the whole virgin thing. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, But I think it's so interesting, especially because so much of what we talk about is like the sexual lives of women. And I'm just intrigued as to how, especially maybe for other listeners who are virgins or who were virgins for like a a long, like the average age in America to lose your virginity, I believe is 17 years and two months or something like that. Um, so and that's because we're defining virginity as penis yes, and vagina. Yes, penis and vagina. Right, right, right. Which is not a real definition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was that voice? That's my fuck the patriarchy Whoa. voice. Oh my gosh, so funny. <laughs> was this and like a little phlegm. I'm like getting over a cold. <laughs> um, but so, what was your journey like? Kind of. I don't know if you you have. I know you have a sister, but I don't know about like if your peers were like having sex and like did you feel left out or were you making this conscious decision? Like how did that play out over the last? Oh, even before the now bachelor. over a, yeah before the bachelor and my friends, all my close group or not all my close group, but a good chunk of my my close group didn't lose their virginities until twenty or twenty one. Mm-hmm. So that took me a a while, you know, down beyond the normal seventeen, and then after that. I don't know. I did feel a little weird. Were you anxious about going to college a virgin? I know a lot of sometimes people are like worried about that. I was not worried about that whatsoever. I feel like all of my high school friends were still virgins. Mm-hmm. And then even in my freshman year, so many of my friends still. So it was still like a normal thing. It was thing. like not a weird thing at all. What I was more nervous about was going to grad school like that just because whenever sex would come up in conversation— I would try to avoid it at all costs. Avoid and talking about the sex? subject. Yeah, because or avoid acknowledging that. You no, not. well, basically, me being quiet around a table of girls talking about it mm-hmm. would be like, oh, why aren't you talking about it? It's like, oh, because I don't know. <laughs> so I would always try to avoid those conversations until like you the felt bachelor. like you couldn't contribute, something. right? And then I didn't want to admit it because, like, then I didn't want the reaction of being like, oh my god, no way, how? You know, I just hated that. Yeah, so is I that just, like the typical reaction? Like, yeah. no way how? Yes. So, like, by making decisions. Yeah, and like by not finding a guy that I felt comfortable and attracted to enough. So then The Bachelor actually helped me get out of that because then, of course, like the whole Bachelor Nation knew. So if everybody knows then, and I had to talk about it on camera and on TV, I'm so open and willing to talk about it in any environment. And yeah. If anything, like I think that's really important. Yeah, and even yeah, ask we're questions. For be the like, how is it like? And blah blah. <laughs> Sorry, was it, how is it like being a virgin? No, then I'd like ask my friends, like all curious about yeah like, the ins and outs. Were of you curious? It is in and out a lot of the time, <laughs> um, which is why we don't care for it that much. Which is it's why that's that I like circular motions personally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's so interesting. And, and when you were, did you ever have to have conversations with partners, um, like growing up, especially before you were? became a public figure yeah. about like setting boundaries and I don't want to do this and were you made to feel uncomfortable or, like I guess advice for especially given for that people like people who want to wait or yeah. for people who want to wait necessarily but I think that you're a very good example of like saying what your boundaries are in a given moment okay, and so, I think sometimes people struggle with that and I think maybe you may have advice for that so I never had a real like relationship um, going into The Bachelor but the one how do you define a real relationship like somebody to call a boyfriend. Okay. Um, so there was one relate, you know, kissing. What kissing if, with someone you were yeah, kissing, kissing with. I was kissing with somebody I was kissing with. Isn't that great? Then, yeah. My sister like, came up with I that. Really one. She was like in high that. School. That um, it was like a thing where I was like, sorry, we're not gonna do it. Sorry, we're not gonna do it. Because I knew Why that. Why are you saying sorry? Well, because we feel like we have to. Right? Yeah. I'm leading you on. Like, yeah, you guess you're right. But isn't that no? I'm not criticizing yeah, I you just at say, all. We're not doing it. We're no, not she said we're taught to have to apologize because like, sorry, I have a headache. Because of sorry, our boundary. I, I'm not attracted to you. Sorry, I'm I have a paper due tomorrow. Sorry, I have bigger <laughs> aspirations than your dick inside of me. Like <laughs> it's, we always we shouldn't have to apologize. We always preface it with That's an apology. So funny. Yeah, you're right. 
We should never say that. You should not have to apologize for not... For knowing your boundaries. Yeah. So anyway, there was one guy I was kissing with that I would be like, we're not because I know you're not going to commit to me and I definitely am not going to sleep with you and then have to have the worry of you not even texting me the next day because it was that kind of guy. But and I that, was infatuated that, for sure. And that was something that you didn't want to risk. Like you knew that when you had sex with somebody... Penis as defined by penis and vagina, yeah. you wanted it to be in the context of a committed relationship. Any sort of sex, you would expect and hope that the guy would call you at least the next day. Why do you think that? Why is that important? Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder, did you learn that from your parents? No, was that, that just a is something that knowing as yourself? A personal, I would like the guy to have respect enough to me to care about me the next day and mm-hmm. to at least even, whether or not something sexual or not happened a guy that would be interested in me enough to communicate with me the next mm-hmm. day he saw me, mm-hmm. w- physical or not, yeah. How did, um, I'm curious, just because I'm the therapist person, like how did your parents talk to you about sex growing up? Okay, like, so. Like was it something that's like, this is something you wait and you save for a special someone? So my sister and I make fun of my mom like even today because she never gave us that talk. At all. We, I ne- we never had sex talks. Mm. We had a period talk. We had like a, a blooming talk, but we never had like Sorry, an what's actual- a, blo- a blooming blo- talk? We had, we had, we had a, um, a, a puberty talk. What went <laughs> down at the blooming talk? You know, <laughs> just like you get your period and this is how you deal with it and that's it. But my mom is like very, she's not one to talk about this stuff. She's the kind of woman who, even with her 30-year-old daughter next to her, if there's like somebody who makes like a sexual innuendo, she'll be like, She's like, cover your ears. (laughs) But now her daughter talks about her sexuality on national television. Yeah, but at least it's because it's a lack thereof. (laughs) Or a lack thereof sex. I mean, I think, not that this is the reason that you waited, but just with people that I see in my office who are sex therapy clients, Mm -hmm. I think that sort of puts sex on a pedestal for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so that might be why someone waits or why they view sexuality a certain way. Because if it's so taboo or quote-unquote important that it's not even talked about, then it becomes this like big thing. Well, conversely, my sister um, was quite promiscuous in her (laughs) younger years. So we just went completely directions. Yes. Is she younger or older? She's two years younger. Okay. She's no longer like that. But yeah, when she was in her late teens, upper 20s, like her number was racking up. Did you ask her questions? Were you like, what does it feel like? Do you still like wonder? Lauren and I, like, I don't ask her what's it feel like. That We are the closest people can be, but we but don't, don't talk, talk about, about the actual feelings. So we could talk about experiences, uh-huh. but not like the feelings. Do you talk about feelings with anybody? Like, have you, like, do you wonder what it feels like? Well, no, I'm just curious, like, if it's something that, like, you feel like is, like, a big deal. I still never thought of it as a big deal, even though The Bachelor okay, made so it a big deal. you don't think of it as a big deal. No, I truly, I truly had not found somebody who was going to want to, like, commit to me because that's kind of what I wanted going into it. Um, and not commit to marriage, but commit no, to being, like, I'm your partner, yeah, I'm your boyfriend. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If I stick my dick inside you, like you can also cry all the time on my shoulder. Not totally. you. Like, that was not a dig at you. No, no, no. I, 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 no, I didn't think Don't of it as a dick. Yeah, not, not emotion No, that's not what I thought at all. But yes, I wanted somebody who would commit to me at this age, and then I just wanted somebody who I knew I'd be comfortable with. Yeah. What do you think? Was there a theme to like the types of people that you were choosing to date before that like led to no mm-hmm. commitment? Or no real relationships for a time? I just didn't even date in my early 20s. It was like The Bachelor was a changing point in where I started to get like a lot more relationship experience. What else were you focusing on in that time? Well, I guess I was just always been like a little immature in that category. Mm-hmm. Just like the whole relationship boy category. Mm-hmm. All right, isn't your your pin tweet is something? <laughs> your pin tweet <laughs> Oh, yes. I went to, well, Princess Diana was getting married at 20. I went to... Four, Four Jonas Brothers concerts, concerts in seven days. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, it's as silly as that sounds. The Jonas Brothers helped me get through my early 20s as a virgin. They because virgins? they had the promise rings. Because remember? they were virgins throughout yeah. their early 20s. You don't remember the what? promise rings? I grew up in France, don't forget. So I was obsessed with the Jonas Brothers. And yeah, they were early 20s virgins. And that made me feel very accepted and very normal. And I was like, I don't care if this Joe Schmo thinks that I'm a loser for being Joe a virgin. Jones. Because John Jonas thinks that's totally great. I really wish you would have met them. Oh, I've met them plenty of times. Oh, now? No. Are they they still virgins? They are not. Oh. 
Okay. Well, yeah. You can give them my. I might not be good for Ben, but I might be good for a Jonas. Yeah, I, I could see that being a better fit, but Nick's the only single one. So. I don't think I know which one's which. <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah, I was always just kind of immature in that category. And well, I don't even know remember what the original question was, but. Uh, do Why you, do you think you weren't like? What about oh my early relationships and how you were dating? Yeah, and I, I just, was like, I was there was a common young. theme. I was just super young. Did you mentally. go to a college with which had a? And you were you went to J- James Madison, right? I went JMU. to James Madison, but did I it have like a strong hookup culture? Like were people around? Because I remember when I was in college, like people were just like there was a lot. There was a lot of like okay. casual sex. So get this, because I've never been a natural partier, and because I've never liked that traditional college life experience. And I don't like to be surrounded by, like, really casual sex. Mm-hmm. I just went home on the weekends. Every weekend, I would go home. Wow. Yeah, so I never experienced that. Until I went to Syracuse, and that was more of my real college experience at 24 and 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love Syracuse so much more than JMU. But and, but I wasn't surrounded Sorry, with that. Sorry, just cues. I'm a Hoya. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> But that's so interesting. But so, but then you. So that's when you like started like party. Do you when you say partying? Do you I mean like never drinking? Party. And yeah, drinking. Interesting. And stuff. I just still won't. I mean, I do drink, but I don't like. I don't ever like drink in it's like not a your frat prerogative. environment. It's definitely in not a frat my natural environment. Yeah, it's not my natural. <laughs> I don't habitat. think anybody should drink. But a lot of people like like thrive. that. Some like people thrive in that. I don't go out, quote quote. Like if I don't go to a club, and I don't even like going to bars. It's like I can have some friends over for dinner. Or we'll go out to eat, and we'll go to a show, or go to a movie, or something. But that's like my. Is nice it hard out. to meet people then, knowing like your job and that you don't go out and party? Like, how do you meet potential partners? Well, I like the statistic that says. Only seven percent of people meet at a bar these days. Yeah, so there you you're go. You're in the seven percent. Oh no, no, you're not I'm, in the seven percent. Seven percent. But then, of if you're doing meet. online and people already know who you are, are you dating online? Is that how you date now, or do you just date people um, in Bachelor Nation? In between, <laughs> in between the there is a lot of like incest among the Bachelor Nation. But I feel people. like that makes but sense. Why not? Right? Because like you know each other. We so know well. each other. They're vetted through production and like you know mentally, physically, they're yeah. all clean. And hot. <laughs> and hot. There's and like not a not hot person. Yeah. And Can you date Peter for mm-hmm. me? Which Just one's do Peter? It for me? Um, <laughs> I've already met Peter. I don't think that. Peter is beautiful. Which one's Peter? He's the one that you love. He's the gap tooth and the gray oh. hair and the blue eyes. Okay, okay. Yeah, no. Peter is very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, a, it's just a very easy pool to date in. And it makes sense because I feel like, I don't know if you dated people outside of Bachelor Nation afterwards but did you feel like people want to date you just because of like I think, who you were? I think guys get that. I think lots of girls go after guys because that's super cool to date a guy on The Bachelor. But there's not that many guys who think it's super cool to date a girl who's on The Bachelor. That's right. That's so interesting. I mean, it was interesting, but I feel like it kind of makes sense. What? It, why does it make sense to you? Because of like our like heteronormative society and like the demographics of who watches The Bachelor. Mm. Yeah, that's all. It's not it's that the demographic. No, I, I don't think, know. We've convinced a lot of dudes, a lot of straight dudes, to come we watch have the convinced Bachelor. They a lot do. of dudes no, to watch The Bachelor with us. When they like watch it. it, they're into it. Yeah. yeah, but I feel like the men who watch The Bachelor maybe already have female partners. Yeah, they're probably more stable. Because <laughs> we like force them to watch it with we, us. we like sit them down. They are usually the guys that have girlfriends and wives for sure. Now, I went on an interesting app date I think you guys will like to hear about. They always yes. love. Uh, so the guy asked me a couple of minutes. I, I went into the date with the intention of not telling him where I was from or anything like that because it truly comes up naturally in conversation because it's such a huge part of my mm-hmm. life, uh, not only just because I was on the show, but because of what I do now for work. And, yeah. and my how connected you are with that. Yeah. And so like almost everything is like part of it. So this guy, 10 minutes or so in, says, how do you have such a following to have these podcasts? And I go, oh, well, whatever. I'm, this guy's probably not my husband, so I'm just going to tell him anyway. <laughs> so I was like, I was on The Bachelor. And that that's why I have the following I do. And then he was like, oh, my God. That's just so fake, right? It's so fake. So one, that's my biggest pet peeve. Is when, when people say people it's fake. Like, it's fake. I'm like, excuse me. I've lived it four times. I know how real and how fake it is. And I know that all the relationships and the feelings are real. Yeah. Don't belittle something that's been so important to me. But then he goes, 
I used to watch that sometimes in passing with my ex-girlfriend and there was this girl in there who claimed to be a, be a virgin and, <gasps> and he was like, but damn, she was not a virgin. She didn't look like a virgin. She was, that girl was lying. Like he didn't know it was you? And he had no idea it was me. <laughs> and I didn't say anything. I was just you like, didn't say anything? I didn't say that was me. I didn't know why. I just literally didn't want to start that conversation. Yeah. I just wanted to get out of the date. Right. Because obviously he's like a shitty person. You were like yeah. definitely not going to go on a second date with you. No, I definitely I wasn't. Did you just I just get up didn't want to have like that argumentative right. thing Ew. where it's like, okay, I'm going to go now. Like why? Ugh, that makes me so mad that he's like, yeah. Not only that he, A, was like, oh, I can tell so much about this person from looking at them, even though I just watched him passion. You oh, know, right. he watched the entire fucking oh, Yeah, because yeah. you can tell. And he probably knew people think they I can was. tell by your outfit you and your dresses. I don't know. Do you think he knew? I don't know. I think he knew torn. she was. Some people think that he knew. Some people think he did not. I don't think he did. So, okay, get this. And then I went on another app date. This is like a year So you're mostly meeting on that. apps. Yeah. And this guy was super hot. It was actually a really good first hour of the date until we started walking. And he blatantly goes, so when was the last time you got laid? And I go, okay, so this is awkward, but I was, um, but if you Google me, you'll find this. So I told him. You say, if you Google me, you'll find this? Or you just Yeah, you? so I just said I, I was a virgin. No, uh -huh. I just said, so I'm a virgin. And then he was like, oh, when was the last time you like gave a guy head? This is an hour into a first date. That sounds like an episode of Sluts and Scholars. <laughs> <laughs> and then- How rude. I know, no, I feel so And as soon as you sit down, we're like, tell us about your No, it's so totally, You know what no, you're getting know, into. Know, it's so different when it's a date. And then like, and then I was like, I don't even know why I answered that question, was but he I offered, did. Wait, Which did is head so, conversation? Yes. I don't know why I did. I should have been like, excuse me, I am not having this conversation at all. I can go into a tight It's entirely possible because you didn't want him to think that you were a prude just because you were sort a virgin. Of, like, and because he was hot and I kind of liked him. And then he asked me, so, but when was the last time you like had an orgasm? And I go, okay, I'm going to go now. That's when I left. See, that's the one I would answer. I would answer, like, that one I think is, like, the least offensive How to come? me. When was the last time you had an orgasm? Because I think it's, like, an—I think that's, like, an interesting—I'm also, like, a very sexual and upfront person about how sexual I am. Yeah. And so I totally think this is, like, a personal thing, and I don't judge you at all for being not comfortable with that. But for me, I feel like if someone asked me, like, when is the last time you had an orgasm, it would, like, it would be an indicator that they're, like, interested in my pleasure. But not if it were prefaced by, when was the last time you get laid? When was the last time you sucked dick? That is silly. Yeah. But like that question, like when was the last time you had an orgasm, I think is like an interesting. I think you are one of the few people that would feel comfortable <laughs> that being asked on a Maybe first Maybe that day. guy is your person. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You wanna, should I go back in the, the, the what archives? was that? That was, uh, that was Raya. Oh, are you like on all of them? Raya, Hinge, yeah. Bumble. Nicoletta knows her partner from Bumble. We tell people we met on Ancestry.com. <laughs> so you don't, wait, really? Yeah, you know how you can like connect with family members on Ancestry? <laughs> so we tell people we met on Ancestry. That's a good, that's funny. Like strangers and they're like, what do you mean? And we're like, oh, well, you know how you can like do your DNA test and, and meet family members. Oh, yeah. Oh, so <laughs> that's you how would we have met. been family. Yeah. yeah. Just in family. That's funny. Just to clarify, that's not how we yeah. met. It's Bumble. That's it's really Bumble. funny. Yeah. Um, so um, is there anything else about, I guess I'm curious because so much of what we talk about on our show or what's something that we ask all of our guests is like if they ever felt stigmatized either professionally or personally because, uh, because of their existence as a sexual being. And I think that totally the question still applies to you even though we're talking about a quote-unquote lack of sexual experience or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of stigma. And obviously we've covered a lot of the stigma, but I'm yeah. just curious if there's anything else that like, you people might not realize is like either a virgin shaming or like or glam shaming um, <laughs> that people might not realize that that's like a fucked up thing to do that you're like wait I wish I could kind of just set the record straight on this I don't know I guess I've just been so curious as to why people care so much or why it's so fascinating to I think people. it's a pretty like patriarchal misogynistic thing or not even that but just that other people feel that they have a right to tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing with your body. Yeah, yeah. Like ownership over you. Yeah, it's so human. weird. And I think also it ties in maybe to this idea of like, if you for some reason haven't had a dick in your vagina, then you're pure. Like this idea of like a hymen being a real thing. Mm -hmm. Like 
your hymen, like, I don't know if you have an intact hymen or not because did you ever do gymnastics or cheerleading or horseback riding? No, I didn't. Oh, well, then maybe you do. <laughs> I always think I popped it when I fell off a, a willow tree. Oh, yes. Potential. Was that? that Potential way. Wait, I was like, pretending I'm, to be Pocahontas. I was about to <laughs> try to make some joke about, like, oh, were you... You were pretending to be Bogart. Yeah, <laughs> and you fell. You know, just yeah. picking the no, tree. I really was. <laughs> yeah. Um, Grandmother no, Willow. But like this idea of like the hymen is being a real thing, and like someone is tainted if they have had sex, but someone is like overly pure if they haven't. It's just this like. But it's a very cultural puritanical. And that's thing. why we on this podcast and like in our daily lives really strive to kind of not to lessen anybody's experience, but to kind of minimize the importance of, like, what virginity is mm-hmm. as a concept, especially as defined as penetration of penis into vagina, not, like, first consensual intimate sexual experience. And we also just plowed over all the other things in a relationship that are potentially important, too. That's right. Besides just fucking. Like mouth yeah. on vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> right, that it's immediately going to, like, this one thing, this yeah. one act. It's like, what if you, like, didn't eat sushi together? I don't know why my things are food. No, it's funny. You must be it's hungry. Like, it's like, oh, you can't so take this girl. Many, She'll never have sushi with me. Although that is a—I, on first dates, I will, like, ta- tackle the topic of garlic and onions. And if I'm dating somebody who's, like, not cool with garlic or onions, I'll be like, this has it's no future. not cool with that. I went on a date with a guy who was, like, allergic to garlic. And I was like, I'm very sorry. We have oh, no future. My dad is all like, don't eat that. There's too much garlic in it. You're going to be breathing on people all day. I'm like, I give zero fucks. Garlic is delicious. And it smells good. Like, I don't think garlic breath is bad. I don't think garlic breath is that bad. You know what? It's the or worst if you breath. like garlic, then it's good. The worst breath is just straight up bad breath, like <laughs> thirsty, hungry breath. Yes, yeah, so you should be eating something with garlic <laughs> yes. instead of not eating and just I having bad breath. I completely agree. Thirsty, hungry breath. I love thirsty, that. hungry breath is disgusting. <laughs> well, on that note, yeah. Ashley, thank you so thank fucking you. much for oh, having me. Thank noted. you. I hope this conversation was as interesting for you as it was for us. Oh, it's so interesting. Um, I love it. I want to let all of our listeners know about the other things you're working on. Yes. I know you have two podcasts. Podcasts. Yes, one is the Almost Famous Podcast with Ben Higgins and iHeartRadio. Yeah, so, tell us a little bit about each so people know how to find yeah. you and what, what they are. So you can just, you know, type in Almost Famous Podcast into iTunes or the iHeart app, and that is predominantly about The Bachelor. Um, and then we also touch on relationships because that is in the realm of The Bachelor. And then there's the I Don't Get It Podcast, which is basically all about millennial girl lifestyle. It's the one that is most similar to Sluts and Scholars. <laughs> we just have loud mouths and we'll talk about anything with no filter there. And it's with your sister and then, then Naz, who yes. is a producer from The Bachelor. Yeah, Was she your producer? She was my producer, yes, during Paradise. So, so. kind of like your therapist. Yeah, it was really easy for us to go into that interview room. Really, too easy. That's so interesting yeah. how, sorry to go back to this, but like, I think because you have been so careful to not badmouth producers or oh, like they were the, the best. Because I think a lot of people are like, especially Unreal kind of paints yeah. the producers of Bachelor. Yeah, or that, like they, other, that they set things up maliciously to create drama. They're not malicious. They're not malicious. It's no. their job and yes. they're, it's a way to tell stories. And yeah. to tell stories, you have to create plots. And yeah. like, mm-hmm. I think the people who sign up for reality TV shows typically know what they're signing up for. Yeah. Um, so I just think it's so interesting that you're like, Oh no, that makes it pretty clear. They've blessed my life. Yeah. Yeah. And anything else that you want to want to share? Um, with the Bachelor season coming up, I have a lot of recapping to do. I do oh, it for yes. FabFitFun, Cosmopolitan Access, and then you can find also, of course, me talking on the, about the Bachelor on the Almost Famous podcast. So yeah, just look out for me on Access. Um, coming. Oh up. yeah, this and is the Bachelor. This episode, mornings. No, this episode is coming out after the premiere. Tuesday mornings, I'm on access. Oh, well, catch her there. Ashley, thank you so much thank for joining you. us. As always, if you want to keep up with what we're doing over here on Sluts and Scholars, you can find us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars, and we love getting your emails at slutsandscholars at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you.